0: Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Also, you can take the HR Like a Boss survey at www.willery.com forward slash HRLAB. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals. These conversations create the foundation for my book on what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. On today's episode I'm delighted to be joined by Pat Torigny. Pat is a purpose-driven HR leader and a volunteer in her community that's giving back to women that are trying to re-enter the workforce after caregiving. She's been doing an amazing job at that as well as providing HR leadership at American Nuclear Insurers. Pat, welcome to the show.
1: Hi John, thank you for having me and happy new year.
0: You as well. You as well. So Pat, for those that don't know you, maybe you could share a little bit about the work you're doing, some of the volunteer um, initiatives that you have and uh, and anything else about you that uh, generally we would find interesting and entertaining.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Well, I've just been through a bit of a change myself and I'm so happy to to be here and and hear about what you're doing, it's so exciting. Um, But I've always worked in HR, um, primarily in recruitment and talent acquisition and then most recently in HR shared services um, and operations. Um, but last year, I think the universe gave me a little nudge and it was time to make a big change in my life. And I decided to create a more balanced and purpose-driven life. And so what I did was um, parlayed my HR expertise into a part-time HR leadership role with a niche insurance company here in Connecticut. And then also parlay my HR expertise to volunteer with a local organization that helps women who are returning to work after caregiving. It's a really wonderful organization um, called Untapped Potential that provides coaching, counseling and returning internships to women who um, want to get back into work and uh, reach their previous caliber. And then I've also carved out a little bit of time uh, to do the things that I just love to do in life, cooking, gardening, yoga, things like that, that give me joy that I just really didn't have time to do before. So I'm a very lucky, blessed person uh, to be able to have created uh, this life that is just wonderful.
0: Thank you for being so amazing and such an awesome friend of mine. I know uh, we connected about a year ago and uh, felt uh, just an automatic connection with you. Maybe everyone feels that way. So what a blessing, hopefully for those that are listening or watching that don't know Pat, please uh, find a way to connect with her. Uh, She's an amazing human being and doing some really great work in her community. Uh, You had mentioned Pat kind of your, your purpose and kind of reshifting some focus, obviously uh, based upon some things that have happened in the past and in your life. And I'm really curious, it kind of brings me to my first question about how you view and describe the purpose of human resources.
1: Mm. That's a great question. You know, I think that to me, when I think about strategically what HR is, I really believe it can be the driver of the culture that helps the business to thrive. And I think in the past and still today, it has been and can still be seen as sort of an administrative function around, well, we have to have benefits and you have to get people paid and there's compliance issues and people need to take their IT training and things like that. But when you really think about the people in an organization and how they're the ones that make the vision and the mission come to life, HR can be a huge um, supporter in that strategy. And so instead of looking at the work as administrative functions that have to get done, you can shift that and look at it as ways to create that environment where people can thrive and help the organization be whatever it needs to be and wants to be. So it's really to me more more about driving programs and strategies to build a culture that's
0: relevant for that business. Yeah, no, this is the whole concept of the book, really. It's a, a compliance and the uh, blocking and tackling and administrative aspects that have to happen. They have to be done, but it's taking the HR function to that next level and really focusing in on the strategy, the purpose, the dr- the driven results for not only the employees, but the organization and ultimately the community that you're impacting. If you can, if we can find a way to do that, it, it can be profoundly impactful, not only on your life as an HR professional, but all that you're serving. So yeah. really, really appreciate you sharing. Is, is there a particular thing in your, in your prior work experience or in some of the work you've done more recently or currently that causes that to be a challenge for you to be able to achieve that purpose?
1: Well, because I think, yes, yeah, I think that there's this conflict around, yes, those compliance things have to happen. And yes, those, admit, you know, you have to, you have to fill out forms, you have to file them, you have to, there's all these things that have to get done. And where are the resources, right? So they end up being focused on that stuff, because that's the has to get done. And then, and then who's then going to be sort of able to take that strategic piece. And I think HR has gone through a lot of iterations around, well, we'll create an operational side, we'll do shared services, we'll put HR business consultants in the business. Um, And there's still that struggle. I think, I really think HR needs to be rebranded around what it is. And if, if there's a section of it that needs to be more around compliance and so forth, maybe that even needs to be in a different place. But HR, if you're thinking about it as human resources, the people in the organization, and how you're going to build programs that support them to their potential whether or not you file their i9 somewhere doesn't really matter right i mean it matters but not to that not to that purpose and so i think finding a way to rebrand or restructure hr in a way where there is capability to focus on the strategic side um, without becoming mired in some of the other stuff um, i think needs to have been. I just don't know anyone who's been really successful at it
0: yet. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Great suggestion. Certainly for those that want to do that compliance work and really enjoy and appreciate it, um, them understanding the value that that then frees up other team members within HR to focus on the people driven, purpose driven, strategy driven, you know, results orientation for the business right. aspect and uh, gets you in your lane and you feel more comfortable. What I find is people um, that are I don't want to call it stuck, but I think I just did in a compliance related role that wants to make more of a profound impact, or maybe those that are in a strategic role that are really torn or or pulled more toward the compliance aspect of it. So I think creating that delineation, that lane, right, your lane Mm -hmm. of HR responsibility, whatever that might be, would be a a wonderful way to approach it.
1: Well, and that's what we tried to do at Magellan with shared services. The point of that was to create a space where the basics can be just executed flawlessly so that no one has to worry about them and the rest of HR could focus on some of that other stuff. And not just that, but then the employees didn't have to worry about some of the basic stuff. They could focus on their work because if an employee is worried, well, is my pay right? What about my benefits? I, don't, I have this question no one's answering. They're gonna be distracted and not be able to focus on their mission as as well. Um, so I, and I was in that operational role, so so to speak. So I personally think it can can work. Um, I think you have to leverage technology. You really do have to do a culture change with people to help them see HR in a different way, so that they're not expecting HR to kind of be that purely um, you know administrative function, but um, So I think over time it can happen, but it has to take serious focus to really sort of communicate and make those changes and stay firm, right? As you, and have the courage to keep making the change because it's so easy to say, well, my business just wants me to do this. So that's what I'll do, right? You have to have more courage and be able to push it a little bit more.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I'm just curious for those that maybe haven't had that experience or gone through it, can, can you share a little bit about that, that journey of how you went through that transition and maybe identifying that these tactics and responsibilities are things we need to do to make sure that the kind of the table stakes or the, the compliance related matters that we have to get done so people get paid or their benefits are there. But then we also want to focus on the strategic kind of purpose driven side. That was a, a migration, a transition, is my assumption in, in your in your organization that you mentioned before. How did right. you go about doing that? How did you how did you make that happen?
1: Well, you know, it's still in progress. But what I would say is, we tried to think about the products and services that we could offer employees as more of a cons- as more of consumer products. So, you you want to shop online. And you, you know how to do that, you go online, it's, it's intuitive, it's easy, you don't have to worry, you do what you need to do, and then you move on with your day. We wanted to think about that part of HR as more of a consumer-driven product. And how do we do that? Well, we, used, we took technology, really good technology, but we adapted it to that need. So we thought about it as if we're gonna provide service, let's redefine what service is, and then let's modernize how we work so that it it sort of mirrors how people work in their real life. You don't, you don't go shop on Amazon and expect somebody to pick up the phone and talk with you and show you how to click the buttons and whatever. You just do it because you know how to do it. And then you get an email that tells you your order's on the way and then you can track its shipment and voila, it's at your door. Well, and you don't worry about it. You go do your other stuff. We wanted to tr- see if that sort of thinking could work inside an organization. And it can, it's just that we do, you need to help the employees and leadership understand that that's still okay, it's good service. And at the end of the day, it will help the employees free their minds away from the the, the mundane. I don't wanna call it mundane because I, I, I was in the middle of it, but it, it is sort of the, the, the task that you have to get done um, in order to do your, your real work, so to speak. Um, and I think that it just takes time to kind of shift how people are viewing that that side of HR. I, I don't know if that makes sense or if that helped answer the question. Can I clarify no, anything certainly else? Did. Okay.
0: Yeah, okay. yeah, no, it certainly did. No, it gave me some great context how you went through that process and, and uh, were able to migrate it. And it sounds like it'll always, it always an ever-evolving journey and also a risk, right? Kind of consumer-based and delivery yes. of uh, HR and payroll um, is it can be risky. So I'm curious, Pat, knowing what you know now, and you certainly uh, made somewhat of a life altering change not too long ago, if, if, if you could give yourself some advice um, that, that, that knowing what you know now back to when you started your career, what, what would it be?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, given, given um, when I watch my millennial children, I think it would be to pay more attention to um, technology. Um, and how technology can support your work versus um, get, get in the way. So I think that would probably be something I would be paying more attention to and, and uh, working harder to understand and, and leverage and use. I, I, I just think that with the change and the pace of change and what's happening, so much of it is around technology and how we use it. And um, I mean, when I started in HR, we, we didn't really have any technology, really, per se. I mean, it just wasn't there. And so I think I would have paid more attention to that and focused on it a little bit more.
0: Totally understand. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. I think uh, it's always evolving. That's the issue with technology. It's like constantly changing. So as soon as you think you know it, then it's a whole nother thing that comes. Yes, your way.
1: Yeah, so, it's so true.
0: Well, I've enjoyed it tremendously, Pat, I'll get you out of here on this question. So if you could describe someone that does HR like a boss, how how would you describe them?
1: Oh, wow, great question. Um, Well, I know some really great HR people. And when I think about them and what they're doing, the words that that come to mind are things like influential, people who know how to communicate in a very um, clear way um, and can influence others around them people who are innovative thinkers, um, aren't afraid to try something new. Um, I do think that there's a, HR is a profession. And so there's a level of expertise that you have to have just around what it, you need to understand all the, it's just like if you were in finance or or IT, there's just a level of skill that you need in terms of the technicalities of it. So people who are really expert in, in HR, um, it's not unlike being a lawyer or, or other professions. Um, and I think the other word that comes to mind is courageous. People who you use the word, you know, you take a risk. You have to be able to take a risk, a calculated risk, but do it and then own it. If it doesn't work, okay, learn from it and move on. But I think um, having the courage to speak up and um, Present new ideas and then work to make them happen. It's hard, uh, but it can be really rewarding in the end.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, some great terms, and and we're actually uh, the tail end of the book is uh, the twenty characteristics of someone doing HR like a boss. I'm I'm guessing that one or two of those will find their way into it because they (laughs) they are spot on, and I I believe that as well. You got to be a calculated risk taker in HR. You can't you can't be I'm just going off willy-nilly, doing whatever you want, but at the same time, you got you to gotta try things different. And you've, you've mentioned a few of them throughout our conversation. And I really appreciate how you start off the discussion with uh, HR really being a driver of the culture and, and helping an organization thrive. We did dissect a little bit about how the segmentation of compliance-related HR functions and strategy and purpose-driven functions uh, seems to be a, a, an elusive uh, way to attack doing HR in a more strategic manner and making the right impact. Uh, You you talked about the use of technology and uh, how that would be such a paramount importance in in doing things better and described an HR like a boss with words like courageous and innovative and influential. So really appreciated you being on today's show, Pat. Uh, You were awesome. Again, for those that don't know Pat, please uh, find her through LinkedIn and make those connections. And I, I really appreciate you being on.
1: Thank you so much for having me, John. This was so much fun and all the best to you.
0: Appreciate that. So thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.